0: Welcome back to Bible study. I'm used to saying that, and it's great fun to be around God's Word, hearing from Him, and spending time in His presence and in fellowship with John Campbell and Derek Walker. Thank you. Good to see you. Great to see you. Okay, so we're going to read um, chapter 2 of Nathan. I just (coughs) squeezed in verse 15 last week, but... We're, to, we're probably going to backtrack um, after, after our prayer. So uh, Derek is going to read chapter sure. 2, and then John will pray. He who scatters has come,
1: come up before your face. Man the fort, watch the road, strengthen your flanks, fortify your power mightily, for the Lord will restore the excellence of Jacob like the excellence of Israel, for the emptiers have emptied them out and ruined their vine branches. The shields of his mighty men are made red. The valiant men are in scarlet. The chariots come with flaming torches in the day of his preparation. And the shields are brandished. The chariots rage in the streets. They jostle one another in the broad roads. They seem like torches. They run like lightning. He remembers his nobles. They stumble in their walk. They make haste to their wa- to her walls. And the defense is prepared. The gates of the rivers are opened and the palace is dissolved. It is decreed. She shall be led away captive, she shall be brought up, and her maidservants shall lead her as with the voice of doves beating their breasts. Though Nineveh of old was like a pool of water, now they flee away. Halt, halt, they cry, but no one turns back. Take spoil of silver, take spoil of gold. There is no end of treasure or wealth of every desirable prize. She is empty, desolate and waste. The heart melts and the knees shake. Much pain is in every side and all their faces are drained of color. Where is the dwelling of the lions and the feeding place of the young lions? Where the lion walked and the lioness and lion's cub and no one made them afraid. The lion tore in pieces, enough for his cubs, killed for his lionesses, filled his caves with prey and his dens with flesh. Behold, I am against you, says the Lord of hosts. I will burn your chariots in smoke and the sword shall devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth and the voice of your messengers will be heard no more.
2: Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your word. We thank you for the privilege of fellowshipping around it and studying it and, and proclaiming it. Lord, we ask for revelation of your purposes as we study your word tonight we ask Lord that you will lead us into all truth according to your promise and Father God we thank you that you will also help us to see the relevance of this prophetic word Lord as it was fulfilled but as it is yet to be fulfilled in the, in the, coming, in the coming period Lord above all we ask that the name of Jesus be glorified here, to, here tonight In Jesus' name, Mm
0: amen. 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 Okay, so we will get into chapter two, but I I sort of rattled through uh, to the end of chapter one last week, and there's more in verse 15, Mm. chapter one. Do you want to kick off, John? Um, Yes. Behold (coughs) on the mountains. Yes.
2: I I mean, this is, this is, uh, is it prophetic? It's um, written in the present tense and it's 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 talking about well we we will also perhaps have a look at the at the um, Isaiah passage uh, yeah uh, look at the uh, yeah that's right the Isaiah passage but obviously to israel there's going to be great news coming when this city is this mm. his power is demolished and it is going to be sweet news. It's going to be really good tidings. Mm. And, and, and so there, there is, a as it were, a, a, a natural relief, a natural fulfillment going on, which is going to satisfy the people of Israel. But there's a deep spiritual implication too. And I know Derek wants to talk about that, and, and I look forward to hearing what he has to say. And so peace is going to be proclaimed. Well, you know, mm. peace on earth, goodwill towards men. This again is prophetic, it's talking about um, the birth of Christ, and then it's looking beyond that to ultimately the return of Christ. So it's all very exciting. And then um, because of this peace, because of what has happened, the Lord, the Lord admonishes Israel. He says, "Oh Judah, keep your appointed feasts, perform your vows. In other words, be careful to serve God. Don't, because all is peace around mm-hmm. Get, get into bad habits. Mm. Don't think all is well. I can, you know, I can drop my guard and get on with doing something else. Yep. He's, the wa- Lord is warning. He says, keep your appointed feasts and perform your vows. Mm. Why? For the wicked one shall no more pass through you. He's utterly cut off. And so you've got this comfort, but a warning. Mm. Don't get so comfortable that you get complacent mm. and I think that's something we all have to be so so careful about. Yeah. It's amazing all in one verse. Yes. So much I
0: mean it does remind me of that that song you know one of the early choruses I learnt. you know how lovely on the mountains are yes. of him but that is from another passage isn't it in, in Isaiah. Yes. Who brings good news good news proclaiming mm. peace yeah. announcing news of happiness mm. our God reigns Hog Our Brains? Mm. It's a great song. It is. Um, I don't know, I can't remember exactly where that Isaiah passage is. Uh, Yeah,
1: it's Isaiah
0: 52,
1: verse uh, 7. Yeah. How beautiful. And, and of course, Isaiah would have prophesied this sometime before, you know. So I think uh, it would seem that um, Nahum is is kind of quoting from Isaiah, Mm. deliberately relating.
0: Um, Is that true? When was Isaiah...
1: Well, around the time of Hezekiah. Yeah, so okay. It was about 700 BC. So Nahum is kind of like 50 years later. That's
2: it. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah, right. They do draw on each other. You can see why not? The Lord does. So yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And, and here it's, uh, you know, Isaiah 52:7 how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims uh, salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Now, Part of the the kind of context of this is if you your army is going out to war and your future now depends entirely on the success or failure of the war mm-hmm. everyone's waiting with bated breath to see you know the 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 messenger will it be a message of good news which is essentially our king has won the war mm. you know in which case we're free we have you know, life ahead, we have a future, or the bad news that the en- we're defeated and the enemy's on his way. And so, in a sense, this is a picture. Now, in Isaiah, it's in the context of the gospel because yes. it leads into Isaiah 53 and, and the good news report. It says, Isaiah 53 1, who has believed our report? Very good. So, this message that we use in the New Testament, you know, the good news message, is the good news that. Our, our God. Now, in, in Nahum it's the same idea, you see, because the, there's this conspiracy against the Lord. This Assyrian empire, yes, on one level, is a human, brutal empire, but on the other level, it's satanically energized mm. and, and to destroy God's people and God's plan. And so there's a real warfare going on here. And in chapter 1, we've seen the divine warrior now is getting up and he's going to war. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's this battle going on. And at the end of chapter 1 here, we have the announcement of good news, that the, the, the divine warrior, the Lord himself, has won the, has won the victory. And therefore, God's people have a future mm-hmm. and, and a hope. And, and so before we go into that, I would just say this. This is a picture of the gospel. Because our divine warrior, Jesus Christ, who is the King, has gone to war. And that's what he came, he, as we were saying, he, he was born as a man, and he, but he is the Lord. And he went to war against our enemies, against sin, against Satan, against death, against every enemy. And he went to war through the death and his resurrection, he completely defeated all our enemies, Mm. praise God, once and for all. He's the victorious warrior. And now we are to be the messengers, you know, the good news messengers, Mm. with beautiful feet as it were, carrying the good news that our Lord, the divine warrior, he has won the victory, praise God. And therefore we have a future, we have a hope, Mm. you know, the enemy is defeated.
0: Praise the Lord. Praise God. Yes, it's wonderful. You know, it reminds me of Romans 10. How shall they hear unless there's the preacher? And, you know, that is so important that you can preach the glad tidings, the good news. People will not know unless you just preach it. It's so important. How will they believe unless they hear? And how will they hear unless it's preached um, to them?
1: And it's a total victory because he says the wicked one, which is literally... The the one of Belial,
0: the yeah. one that was being inspired by the, mm. by Satan. Actually, it's the same Belial, isn't it? That was mentioned in last week. Was it in verse eleven? That's right. Um, yes. Yeah, Belial,
1: who satanically inspired to to destroy you. Really, yeah. um, he will no longer pass through you. There'll be no more invasions from Assyria. He is utterly cut off. Mm. Total. That's the end of the Assyrian yoke, mm-hmm. but notice there's a. I was because I was thinking about this because a little problem is that when this actual prophecy was fulfilled in six twelve, Israel were already coming under another yoke, mm-hmm. the Babylonian yoke. Yeah. So I thought, Lord, you're kind of promising God's people, you know, set free, rejoice. But then I, it just dawned on me that I think what Nahum is saying in 655 BC, he is giving them the promise of the deliverance from the Assyrian yoke, and he is calling for a response from God's people:
0: mm.
1: keep your appointed feast. right. Yes, That's right. You know, worship God. Yes, mm. as God ordained. Mm. You know, and especially at this time of lockdown, you know, that you know, keeping the appointed feast is is being in being involved in public worship. You know, not like all huddled at home all the time. You know, keep your appointed feasts because when you are under oppression, they they would stay away. As a church
0: in the UK, we haven't clothed ourselves in glory, have we? No. (laughs) Really. You know, certainly the established church, all the denominational churches that are looking over their shoulder at, you know, trying to impress the government. They haven't haven't come out well out of this pandemic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. And public worship is important you know, and that, so. and that was imp- always been important and mm. even for Christ it was important. Mm. It was his habit to go to the synagogue and he says, I will worship in the midst of the congregation and and they would keep the feasts, you know, it's, and so he's saying, I think under the Assyrian yoke often they didn't keep the feasts, mm. they didn't feel able to perhaps. Mm. but. Um, this is important because God was said, calling, he's, he's saying, I'm giving you the promise that the Assyrian yoke will be broken, mm. but you must respond. You, mm. you must you know, get back to worshipping me. Mm. And they did a bit because in Josiah's time, there was a bit of a yes. reform. Yes. So there was a bit of a response. But then they got back into mm. idolatry. And sadly, because they didn't keep the appointed feasts, they then came under the Babylonian yoke. Yeah. You see, they came under another discipline because they didn't so respond. They
0: had a, a window of opportunity. Exactly, exactly. It's one of the amazing features of the Jewish people that through all, you know, dispersed around the world, sometimes in the bleakest places, you know, beyond the pale, literally, of settlements, you know, in, in these squalid villages, they kept the feasts. They, they, there's something about the Jewish people you know being preserved as a testimony to God's word, mm. sometimes without really believing it. They, they kept the feasts, they, they kept their identity. It's one of the, the miracles of history, the yeah. you know, Jewish people. And um, I, I find it uh, amazing, really, that they pretty, all other groups or any other group that has been dispersed, has assimilated and lost their identity. But the Jewish people, because of the feast, because of Shabbat, because of kosher, they, they have, whether they've liked it or not, they've been separated out, they've been persecuted, yeah. and, and they've been preserved as, as a testimony. In Isaiah 42, it just talks about um, how the Lord would not forsake them. Um, I'm just, I'll just try and just find one um, one scripture where, where it says, um, these things, I, it's verse 16 of Isaiah 42. After talking about the, the crooked places and the darkness and the times that they would go through, like under the Assyrians, it says, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them, Crooked places straight. These things I will do for them, and not forsake them. Mm. It's quite amazing that God um, keeps His word to His people, even when His people don't keep their word, as mm. it were, to Him. You know, that's the sort of one-sided mm. covenant aspect of it. But it's yeah. interesting. What now you,
1: something that just came to me as we were talking is that God wasn't originally. I thought. God was saying to them in 612 BC, you know, when they actually see the manifested victory, mm. now it's your time to keep the feasts. Yeah. But actually by then, they came under Babylon just a few yeah. years later, yeah. it was too late. Yeah. And in the same, uh, but actually, God, Nahum was saying, okay, while the Assyrian Empire is still strong,
0: yeah.
1: you have the promise of the ultimate victory, mm. but it's still strong before your eyes, that's the time that you need to keep the feasts that's the time when you need to worship your god so john in the light yes, of
0: the promise yeah you see. Yeah. so now we're living in the 21st century <laughs> yes. and um don't want to pin it down too closely but people know that rev tv was founded in the 21st century um what is um what's the parallel for us today well as i think christians I, living under the yoke
2: yeah i think it's very clear and i think that the the the, the so-called pandemic is is um has illustrated the weakness of the um, of the churches it's it's demonstrated clearly the apostasy and it's tragic it's, it's tragic because we have because if the churches have stood up to be counted i'm I, you know i'm not talking about pastor smith and pastor brown who are doing the very best they can in circumstances we have established churches we have bishops and archbishops in the house of lords who failed miserably to stand up and be counted and do you know Just why because they want to the keep go- their seats in the house of they course. do they do <laughs> they but regardless of that their they still have clout they could have stood up and said no to the prime minister now i'm not saying they would have won the battle mm. but they but they would have put the government mm. on the back foot and they would not have had the free run that they've had to the tyrannical run they've had mm. they would not have had it the church is responsible and i believe the lord will hold the church responsible and it's not only britain it's in ireland and in, well it's throughout mm. western christendom mm. it's appalling mm utterly appalling. And I, I just refuse to go to church because I'm, I'm blown if I'm go- not going to sing and I'm blown if I'm going to wear a mask in church. I, I, I just refuse to do it. It's an insult to God. It's an insult to the very person and the nature of mm. God. If he can't preserve his worshippers, then he's not worth serving. Yeah. That's how I take it. Yeah. And if these people believe that they have to follow the government in order to, to be able to go to church, then I I just feel, what do they believe? See, my my sort of dividing line, you know, you you
0: obey those in authority. But In Acts 4, it's very clear, who do we owe? You know, if something is contrary to God's injunction to us, then who do we obey? It's an unrighteous
2: law. We don't have to obey unrighteous laws. That's where where we're at.
0: And don't confront. So, you know, and that was basically with the Sanhedrin. That's what confronted Peter and John. Yes. You know, do we obey God or man? Absolutely right. Where it conflicts with God's law, so there's a little bit of a grey area. You know, I don't think wearing a mask, but I do think if that stops you worshiping
2: well that's that, what I'm that's, talking about in that's church people will take a view on wearing masks I, uh, you yeah. know, everyone can make their own decisions <laughs> and but my as far other as view worship yeah. is concerned and going into a building I know the church, the building yeah. isn't important but that's where we gather whether mm. it, it's a school hall or whether it's an old parish church mm. it doesn't matter, we're coming together to worship mm. God but you can't sing and you've got to wear a mask, you've got to stand two metres apart mm. well I'm not going to pi- yeah. be any part and, I, and, and of, the good thing of, is that, you've still got a choice
0: on that, but I said about obey those in authority, but you know a couple of chapters later in Romans, it talks about the strong bearing with the weak. And my feeling on masks is I don't need it uh, uh, personally. I don't, but I don't want. If someone's got anxiety, I wouldn't want to, you know, impose my face. No, of course, like, I, sneezing. That's quite, you right. know, you know, in, you know, in quite right too. you know, covered by the blood, as it were, you know, uh, and sneeze over agree,
2: someone who who feels less. Um, I couldn't agree more. But, the, so, yeah. but, but a lot of that problem has yeah. arisen yeah. because the church has failed, to, it's failed in its mission to, yeah. to teach its local communities yeah. and indeed to teach its congregations. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think the church is going to be held much more deeply responsible yeah. than it has a clue about. I say the church, i about the leadership it's, of the church. That's so shall we get on to chapter 2? Yeah, just, you just, bef- oh, just, before. just before we do <laughs> that, <laughs> um, I, can we just have a quick look at Isaiah 10? Because that's absolutely. really quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely.
0: How could, I, how could I
1: not agree?
0: Isaiah chapter
1: 10. I think it was because they didn't obey this verse. Yeah. That mm. they came under the Babylonian bondage. So,
0: so Isaiah big,
2: 10 verse. Well, it's, yes. it's really, it's, it's 11 verses, I think, but it's worth We'd reading. read it then. Yeah. Woe to those who decree unrighteous decrees, who write misfortune which they have prescribed to rob the needy of justice and to take away what is right from the, peop- from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey and that they may rob the fatherless. What will you do in the day of punishment and in the, in the desolation which will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? Without me they shall bow down among the prisoners and they shall fall among the slain." For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger, and the staff in whose hand is my indignation. I will send him against an ungodly nation, and against the people of my wrath. I will give him charge, to seize the spoil, to take the prey, and to tread them down like like the mire of the streets." Yet he does not mean so, nor does his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and cut off not a few nations. For he says, Are not my princes altogether kings? Is not Karno like Carmech, is not Hamath like Arpad, and is not Samaria like Damascus? As my hand has found the kingdom of the idols, whose carved images excelled those of Jerusalem and Samaria, as I have done to Samaria and her idols, shall I not do also to Jerusalem and her idols? And I, I think that's interesting because it it shows again how how, for all its wickedness, God still used Assyria as a weapon to discipline. To discipline mm. Jerusalem, yeah. and and one thinks again of the hook being put in the mouth that Zechariah yeah. talks about. Yeah. It? The hook being put in the mouth of these people yeah. to do a particular job, yeah. go, job that the Lord wants them yeah. to do, and and they were they were they, you know, he says, it, the Lord says, I, it will not happen again. You know, you you have been emptied. We're going to read in chapter two. You've been the empty has emptied you. There's mm. nothing left. He'd done what I wanted him to do, and here it tells about why that is so mm. it's
0: well, a kind of humiliation for yeah. these these proud yeah. you know tyrants who think they're they're the king of kings yes. and, uh, it, and it's just really humiliating <laughs> you know they're just fulfilling his purposes so chapter two derek can, am i allowed to step into chapter two yes oh yes <laughs> just before you do <laughs> yeah. no um, so here we are we're we're describing it how how did you describe it. In the first in your very first summary, you said of chapter two, it is... Chapter two is, is judgment described. That's it's it,
1: the actual... Exactly. Having set the scene now, exactly. he, it's like he sees this vision of the actual action yeah. taking place. Yeah. So it's the description of, of how it actually unfolds. He's actually seeing the battle for Nineveh yeah. pretty much in this chapter. And so it takes on a very dramatic yeah. uh, tone in, in this um, mm. thing. And, and so um, I think it, it's, saying, for instance, he who scatters, these are the invading armies, the, yeah. the Medes and the Babylonians, have come up before your face. They've come right up now mm. to to Nineveh's walls. Mm. And so they, he's kind of saying, man the fort. It's almost like the prophet's saying to the defenders, come on, man the fort, watch the road, strengthen your flags, fortify your power. You know, do your best to defend the city, but it, it, basically it's gonna be useless, you know. Yeah. Or, or it could be just a description of the, the the Ninevites talking to each other and say, "Come on, man the fort, watch the road, strengthen your flags, fortify your power mightily," yeah, um, yeah. but all to no avail, yeah. because God has already determined Nineveh is going to fall. It's
2: um, irony, really, is it, or is it satire? I'm not quite sure. We, yeah, yeah. it
0: is. It's a bit. It is a bit sarcastic, isn't yes. it? Um, yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's a Which kind you of do mocking. see that, yes, a mocking. A it's a mocking, you yeah, no.
0: I I believe that actually, yeah. and that, you see it a few times in scripture. Yeah, you do, yeah. um, And you, then you really think the Lord has such a sense of humour. Yeah. I mean, these he, <laughs> are wicked people, and He's just putting them in their place. Yes. Um, is it time for me to read a few? Almost. Uh, yeah, almost. Well, just the next yeah. verse is that, like this is, in other words, you are going to
1: be judged. Why? Because they've conspired against the Lord and His mm. people. Mm. Verse two. But God's purpose is that he will restore the excellence of Jacob, mm-hmm. like the excellence of Israel. In other words, he's, he's, going to, he's going to save his people by destroying their enemy, yeah. who's committed to destroy them. And notice, it, I think this means, it, you could read it both ways, but the emptiers have emptied them out and ruined their vine branches. And I think this is saying that the, the Assyrians, though they were the, the instrument of God's discipline, they went over the top. Yeah. They didn't just discipline Israel, mm. they emptied out the land and when you're being really mean as an invading army you cut down all the, vin- the vineyards mm. and everything so they can't grow any food anymore mm. and, and you, they just went over the top in their destruction and for that reason God is now going to judge them, yeah. that they can do all their best to defend the city but God says no. I am fighting for my people now and I am judging them for their
0: cruelty and the fact that they went way further than they needed to go. Yeah. Yes, it's, it is over the top, isn't it? Ruining the vine branches, yes. you know, literally vindictive, Vindicted, nasty that's right. yes. destruction. Absolutely shocking, absolutely shocking.
1: Um, First
0: three is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just this point about going over the top. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I find liberalism, you know, without going into all the details, it, it's sort of overreaching now. And even those who are part of the movement or the foundation are, are now saying that, you know, it seems to be going too far. Mm. I remember Tim Farron a few years ago and saying liberalism has consumed itself. You know, and, and I think that that is often the case, isn't it, overreach? I mean, know with Satan as well, overreach. Yes. He just overplays his hand, thinking, you know, that he's, you know, at, he, he grabs defeat from the jaws of victory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm going to read from um, the Living Bible this same passage um, up to verse 10 because it has quite a nice ring to it. Yeah. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. Shields flash red in the sunlight. The attack begins... See their scarlet uniforms. See their glittering chariots moving forward side by side, pulled by prancing steeds. Your own chariots race recklessly along the streets and through the squares, darting like lightning, gleaming like torches. The king shouts for his officers. They stumble in their haste, rushing to the walls to set up their defences. But too late. The river gates are open. The enemy has entered. The palace is in panic. The Queen of Nineveh is brought out naked to the streets and led away, a slave, with all her maidens weeping after her. Listen to them mourn like doves and beat their breasts. Nineveh is like a leaking water tank. Her soldiers slip away, deserting her. She cannot hold them back. Stop, stop, she shouts, but they keep on running. Loot the silver, loot the gold, there seems to be no end of treasures. Her vast uncounted wealth is stripped away, soon the city is an empty shambles. Hearts melt in horror, knees quake, her people stand aghast, pale-faced and trembling excellent it is pretty good, isn't it? it's pretty good i've never read that before in the living yeah, it's the living good. bible of well, I'm bible study <laughs> <laughs> perish the thought yeah, very good. Now, it's very very dramatic isn't it and, and you it encapsulates the whole thing yes. you know done and dusted and and nahum is viewing it all ahead of time mm. and that is exactly what happened yes yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's an open vision he's just seeing it and it and I it's do. kind of like the battle in sequence you know Unbelievable. And uh, it's interesting it talks about scarlet uniforms because a number of armies of that time... Yeah. It's almost like the scarlet could represent blood. Mm. They're yeah. almost like proclaiming, you know, yeah. we're covered in bl- in the blood of our enemies. So
0: they they worshipped war. Yeah.
1: Ishter. It's a symbol of blood, yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah. to scare the enemy, if you like. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you see the chariots coming up. Um, and... Uh, i it, it I think first of all the chariots are, they they overwhelm the area around Nineveh, and then there's this um the I think you see the drunkenness in verse five where where suddenly the king realizes they're under attack and um he he remembers his nobles and they stumble in their walk, you know they're kind of half drunk from yes. as as it was predicted, and they make haste to the wars, but it's all very confused and ill prepared and yeah. and and then it says. That then God makes his act in verse 6 that yeah. the rivers are, the gates are opened, and that's that flood that we so talked about. dramatic. Breaks through six. the walls, the palace is dissolved.
0: Too late. Yeah. The river gates are open, the enemy has entered. It's a real alarm, isn't it? It's, a sh- you know, we're, we're finished, basically.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, then,
0: uh, and, and, and the historians record
1: the fact that the, the Assyrian soldiers just began to flee you know they did, and and it's described here. And this idea that Nineveh is like this pool of water. It's like it's, it's collected, but but there's a leak now. You you pull the plug out, yeah. And now yes. they all they all want to run away. All all this mighty thousands of people and great army suddenly melts away, and the the, the soldiers run for their lives. And um, an amazing picture. flee away, verse 8.
0: It's like a leaking tank.
1: The commanders are saying, halt, halt, don't, stop running. You know, yeah. Hold, hold the just line. Imagine. And they don't. They, they, they're running for their life. Yes. And uh, something that I saw is that they don't actually, when it came down to it, they didn't have a moral center. Yeah. Because their whole society was driven by lust, mm. by, by this covetousness, mm. When you are d- driven by covetousness, you don't have a moral centre. Mm-hmm. So when the chips come down, all you're interested in is yourself. Yeah. And you're not prepared to, yeah. to stand and fight yeah. or, or lay your life down because yeah. for you That's now, it. your life is about what I can have. Yeah. And so the moment they're, they're, they're under pressure,
0: they just yeah. disappear. Yeah. When I first read... The emptiers have, have emptied them out. I, my first sort of reading, bit dyslexic, was the emptiers have emptied themselves. Mm. <laughs> you know, that morally bankrupt. Yeah. There's nothing there. That's a powerful point. Yeah. Well, that is how empires collapse, isn't it? Mm. They, you yes. know, they literally lose their, their moral bearings. Yes, yes. And then it looks strong on
1: the outside, but yeah. the moment it's yeah. attacked, there's, there's nothing actually underneath.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a scary thing because that's own. where we're headed in the Western world. Mm. We do not have a yes. moral, the moral compass.
1: We're not is willing. A we're not willing to fight for yeah. what is good.
2: Yeah. And everything's become self-centered, doesn't it? It's so everything. What's it. right for you? Yeah. In their
0: own eyes. Mm. Yeah. Incredibly individualized, isn't it? There is no sort of looking out for. No. There, there is in some regards, mm. but not uh, not morally looking out for others. That's, it's, it's all on a sort of bandwagon. So it's
1: described yeah. like Nineveh just fall very quickly yeah. and easily, no resistance practically.
0: Yeah. Um, I just the image of, of folks just, as it were, fanning out of the city, the leaking tank. You know, yeah. It just does look like the, the people are, are just leaking out, yeah. like water. Exactly. You know, and yeah.
1: And, the, and also the, the, their wealth now, mm. because they have accumulated this huge amount of wealth because they've raided all the other nations. Mm. And then in verse 9, they, in fact, the Babylonian chronicle mm. uh, actually says, great quantities of spoil from the city, beyond counting, mm. they carried out. Amazing. And the city they turned into a mound and a ruin heap. So they extracted huge amounts of wealth from Nineveh, because they basically had taken all the wealth from the wealth, yes. essentially. Yes. And, and that's what it says in, in verse 9. Yep. Take spoil of silver, take spoil of gold. There is no end of treasure, of wealth of every desirable
0: prize. That, that was fulfilled, exactly. Absolutely amazing. Yes. L- lo- looting is a terrifying thing. Yes. You know, they're, li- they're literally like vultures they're taking everything. Absolutely everything.
2: Wow. And it's a, a, a contrast to what happened to the Hebrews as they came out of mm. Egypt, when they had wealth poured upon them. Mm. Yeah. Go and yeah. take it and they yeah. poured it on in yeah. contrast to this. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Another poem comes to mind, you know, when they're stumbling you know, and backwards now and forwards wavers that deep array and then, and then it talks about, and for a space no man came forth. They're, they're not actually fighting, are they? They're fleeing. When you're fleeing, you are absolutely, completely useless. You're yes. so vulnerable to, mm. to whatever's advancing. Um, and th- this, this flood <coughs> coming in, it, the, the Babylonians and the Medes, it was, wasn't it? So they were chasing. Yes. Or well, did, and, did and they come into an empty city? Well. Was it the water that sort of dispersed? Well, no, the, the water Limitides? breached the wall. And then they came in.
1: And then they could flood into the city, burn the gates. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And then you know the game was basically up. But yeah. there was still a battle yeah. on. Yeah. But the decisive thing was the yeah. the walls being breached because yeah. that was the one thing that kept them safe was those walls. Yeah. But even the strongest wall will come down yeah. when God decides yeah. it's yeah. time. You know. Um, and and in a way, and, and it's interesting. You know, for instance, verse 10, she's empty, desolate waste. the heart melts, the knees shake, much pain in every side, faces drained of colour. But that's what they have been doing to all the other nations amazing, for hundreds it? of the years. They have been terrifying them, they have been very cruel, but now it's come on them. Yeah, and exactly. in the end, what goes around comes around,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah amazing. Yeah, yeah, well, you live by the sword, you die by the sword applies to empires. So as they well they
2: deceived and impoverished and enslaved all the surrounding nations and yeah. this is now, you know, what they're getting what they yeah. say. So. Yeah. It's interesting verse seven where it makes a point of saying, I mean it's all God's word, but it beginning of verse seven it says, It is decreed. Mm. You know, let there be no doubt about this. Yeah. In the, he decrees a particular thing. It's interesting what he decrees. She shall be led away captive. The living version translates that as the queen. Yeah. The theologians and scholars are not clear what this right. is. It probably was the queen, yeah. but it could also have been uh, idols of Ishtar. Yes. Um, all that they represented is sort of brought together in this figurehead. Yeah. And the figurehead is totally disempowered. And um, mm. yeah, so
0: in, in the um, Living Bible, it does say Queen. Queen, it could have um, been. It's a disputed verse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's helpful to know. The, see, the, the, and you mention Ishtar again. Yeah. So Ishtar was the god of love and war. Oh, yes. And talking about the moral compass, it was Nathan Bedford Forrest who founded the Ku Klux Klan, who said, coined the phrase, all is fair, in love and war. Oh, really? Well, yes. yes, and and so you, he lost. You lose your moral compass. Yes. Mm. If you can, if you say that, yes. because war isn't, is it fair? You know, love. You know that that you know with all of the deceits uh, 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 that can go with you know um, unfaithfulness. Is it, is it fair? You know, I think people who say yeah. that you think they, they've lost their yes. their moral compass. Yeah. All is fair in love and war, I wouldn't say it is. Although, I'm not, is on the other side, when I read about a wicked, evil regime falling, whether it's Saddam Hussein or whatever, I, I, there's something that within me that feels very, very pleased. And Yes, I, I, yes, <laughs> I agree. Um, and yet, on the other side, you know, the, many criticize God's word and God's judgments. So they think, oh, how terrible, you know, that people are being, you know, uh, a, a nation or a city is, is being wiped out. But put in the context of what Nineveh has done, yes. mm. you actually feel quite good about it. I do. I don't yes. know whether that, yes. that may, I may have a screw loose. No, no, I think that's right. No, you, know, you know, there's something within you, a sort of righteous indignation, where you want to, to see judgment come. Chapter
1: 3 you. really emphasizes that. Who
0: does? In chapter 3. Yes. When we get yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, you know, yeah. we're... We're human and we're frail, and it, it's it's wrong for us to be vengeful, as it were. But yeah. to see God's righteous judgment brought to bear, there's I, I don't know, there's something within me that that's cheers. Yeah, to see the wicked. Vengeance is God's low. job,
1: but yes. when we should rejoice when He does it, because I think he's, so. he's right I to think do so. it. It
0: doesn't make us bloodthirsty or no, heartless little, or soulless. No. It, it's just, yeah, it's. It's you know, to see Nazism overthrown. Yes. You know, mm. uh, there was a great speech by Tim Collins when he went to Iraq. It, it was, you know, we're not coming as conquerors. We're coming as liberators, you know, and people do need to be liberated from tyranny, yes. yeah. uh, you know, and if we have the ability to, to stand up to the bully and to overthrow the bully, I think we've got a duty to mm. do it on any level, whether it's in the playground or yeah. whether it's I agree. with governments. Or whether it's with nations, and you know, if we can do something, the problem is when you've got China, you can't very easily. You do what you can do, sort of thing. Mm. But we should, you know, if it's within our power, that's for me just war theory. If it's within our power, it's a just I, yeah, thing to stand up and overthrow the wicked. Yes.
1: And although it was replaced by other empires, I don't think they were as bad, like that's Babylon, and Persia. They, it, there wasn't the same level That's of cruelty, so it, it it was a deliverance for God's people,
0: mm.
1: even though they did have their discipline was not over because they hadn't fully repented.
0: Yeah. So yeah, i I'd, un, I'd understood from I, going back many years the the statue of Nebuchadnezzar with the gold, silver, bronze, you know, and the like. Um, it was that there was a sort of a less, it was, became less pure as it got down to mm. Rome, but is it, is it, not necessarily. So, well, the value uh, Assyria, of the metals decreases. Yeah, yes, and I always saw that as a symbol of the actual, um, those regimes, as it were, mm. uh, becoming less, you know, there, there, was some, there was still something in Nebuchadnezzar, mm. you know, when he came back to his right mind. Yeah. Uh, You know, he acknowledged God, but as you got down to the Greeks and the Romans, it was just totally godless. (laughs) And maybe that's wrong, but um, that breaks the sequence. Um, But what you're saying is, yeah, Syria was more wicked in terms of their
1: antichrist nature and cruelty.
0: Really interesting.
1: I think that's why they're particularly used as a symbol of the antichrist.
0: Really interesting.
1: Yeah,
0: it's interesting. Yeah. So we've got about 15 minutes left, 14 minutes left, uh, and
1: the dwelling of the lions in verse 11. Yep. That, that would be Nineveh. You see, that was the yes. capital city. So the lion, the they like to see themselves as lions. Mm. Of course, that's uh, we're the king, king yeah. of the beasts. Yeah. You know, the, the strongest. And so they, the dwelling of the lions is Nineveh. And so we and say, where in, where is isn't Nineveh? That in
0: the archaeology, mm. you know, the, the depictions of the lions. What what is in those reliefs that you can that we see now? Well there's a lot of lion hunting in, yeah, the, okay. in the in the British Museum.
1: If yeah. you go and see the Ashurban, in particular, yeah. they love to to the king would do these lion hunts and you'd see him killing all these lions, as if to say, I am the greatest lion of all, you know, and I I you know so lion was obviously the symbol of kingship and they saw themselves as lions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as the rulers of all. Um, so,
0: just describe again, because I remember when we were doing Jonah, um, studying Jonah, um, we we sort of described, without going into all the details, the <coughs> wickedness of Nineveh, and you've said that it's more wicked. Just refresh us again. What were they up to? If it's if it's um, well, if it's permissible on British television, <laughs> well, they, they, agree. On
1: their, their, they, they would use um, terror to intimidate people and they would display the, what they would do on the walls so they 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 weren't ashamed of it they 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 ruled by a big deterrent so if they captured a city for instance they such things they would do is nail you to the floor and skin you alive yeah you know or they would what's it called oh, yeah, impale Sp- you impale you on a stake yeah. they would um, you know make piles of skulls Mm. You know, um, and, they, and they would brag about how they would pull out, pull out tongues and pull out, you know, I could go on. But, mm. you know, it, it's a very extreme, cool. y- you know, torture mm. that they would use so that everyone would be scared to, mm. to resist them. Wow. And so they, they were, it's called a bloody city, mm, you know, it, right. it's their cruelty. Yeah. That was extreme. And it was over the top. Notice in verse 12 that he says, mm-hmm. uh, Sorry, where is the dwelling place, the feeding place of the young lions? He, he says, You know, they, they, they prowled the earth and no one, mm. they weren't afraid of anyone. Mm. It says, This is part of their violence. They tore in pieces. Enough for his cubs. All right, so that might be seen as justified, you know, just to feed the cubs but then it says he filled his caves with prey and his dens with flesh in other words over the top violence um mm. just killing everything around if you like mm. not just enough to feed your family but yeah. to to accumulate uh, to to take um that's and shocking. to kill way beyond and that's why god judged them that mm. they were over the top wow uh, particularly on on israel mm. But um, in verse 1 of chapter 3, it
0: it actually says, the bloody Bloody city. City. That's a horrible thought, isn't it? Exactly.
1: So they had a lot of blood on their hands. Um, Again, power is not wrong necessarily, but it's the abuse of power. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they abused the power that God gave them Mm. uh, out of their lust. They weren't satisfied with the measure that God gave them. Mm. They, They lusted
0: it sounds Total like
1: a bloodlust blood as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, well, well. And behold, behold I'm against you. Yeah. You don't want God saying that to you. The Lord of hosts, of course, means the Lord of armies. Yeah. So God says, you've got your armies, but I've got my armies. Mm. And if God says I'm against you, yeah. you, you know, you're going to lose. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, John, there is such a thing as a just war, you know, justice.
2: Yes, there is. There yeah. is definitely. I mean, this yeah. was a just war. Yeah. This was a, a, a war orchestrated mm. by God uh, to, to bring judgment upon a, a particular part of humankind which has behaved abominably. Mm. The thing that I find um, sobering, I mean, you know, if you stop and you think about the people living in the city, think about the soldiers and, and, and there would have been soldiers by and large who did these terrible things. Um, but you know to bring it to modern parlance at the end of a day's work they went home to their wives they read bedtime stories to their children took the dog for a walk chatted yeah. with their wife went yeah. to bed got up the next day mm. who were these people they were people like you and me yeah. this is frightening yeah. because and but you can say the same thing about guards in the dreadful prison camps That's in right. germany and poland they were just the same they went home to their Absolutely. wives read the children bedtime stories took the dog for a walk dinner with her dinner with their wife mm. and ordinary people who can do these terrible things there's something very dangerous about the collective the mentality Mm. and the energy in the collective Mm. uh, that we all need to be aware of now we are blessed as children of god because we have the holy spirit that says to you no (laughs) very Mm. firmly no Mm. but if you haven't got that how easily you can be sucked in you know those experiments that were done have been done where um, you had an actor siti- pretending to be electrocuted, and, and the, the, oh, the yeah. you know the ones i mean yeah, and, and, yeah, and me. oh well you, you, you had a, a group of people who were uh, called to uh, to apply electric shocks to one of their number who was in a sort of Cage, and if, if they didn't answer, I think I remember if they didn't answer the question correctly, they got an electric shock. And and there was a chap there in a white hat and a clipboard who was in charge, and he would say to the chap, "Increase the charge,
1: mm.
2: increase it." What the chap didn't know is that the people uh, there was no electric shock no, sure. at all, and the person was perfectly safe. But he would scream and shout as you would expect him. Yeah. And they were prepared to go up to very high rates, yeah. the rates that would have killed them. Yeah. Um, because I heard of no, no, it's one of these because of authority. W- yeah, yeah. W- authority and how yeah, people can be, even though they, they they feel they shouldn't do it, and it's and it's one of the ways that I mean. There's another experiment which I which I've seen this filmed where you have a chap who's surrounded by three or four other people, but they're all actors, and you know he's shown a a picture, for example, it might be three lines on it, and the question will say. Which is the longest line? He says, which is obviously the longest line, and this goes on. Now, which is the tallest building? He points it out, and then the others, the actors, are brought into play, and they give the wrong answer, and they all give the wrong answer. Mm. And you watch how the 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 the, the victim slowly changes persuaded. from what is blindingly obviously the right answer yeah. to the wrong answer. To fit in, and this is oh. how societies are controlled.
0: Yeah, and it no, I have heard about it. You know, with the color orange and red, or you
2: know. Yeah. And eventually, yes, the person is self-persuaded sort of yeah. by well, groupthink. Well governments do this. By group think. Government, governments will do it through propaganda, they'll do it through television, they'll do it through subliminal means. They cause They've you... They've even said it well, of the BBC, actually, because some
0: of these scandals yeah. have, have come about, and it, even, I, I can't remember whether it was the former Director-General, said that a groupthink descends. So yeah. anyone who's outside the box of the, this groupthink ideology are out. yes. There's a group thinking peer review of, of academic articles. There's, a, you know, you you, it's totally against the yes. grain of, of academic inquiry. But they, they block out those who don't do. like people and who and believe and in creation. They just blocks a lot out. of courage. Yeah. To this stand whole concept of that.
2: peer review has been so tarnished. It's become meaningless yeah. because something is only peer review by somebody who's going to p- review it properly, yes, <laughs> so to speak. Exactly. So it's all dishonesty. It's all deception. Yeah. It's all enslavement. It's yeah. all disempowerment. And it's all satanic. All of it. Yeah. It's satanic. Mm. And it shows the whole... Well, it can be completely
0: innocuous in some contexts, but, yeah, but in the context satanic. of
2: controlling... People. It, it's all about it's control deceptive. and manipulation. Mm. Yeah. And these people, you know, bring it down to this... You know, yeah. these soldiers <coughs> who did these terrible, terrible things, probably most of them would not have naturally done it out of a natural inclination. Mm. But this was the culture. They had to do it. And like all these things, once you've done it once or twice, you become... Hardened to it and so the third time is not so difficult yeah so my you know I haven't sort of
0: studied it in detail but my sense about what is just war let's say or or it's violence really against the violent is if if it's contained as it were and if Nazism was contained within Germany it's a terrible thing and I suppose the debate could be today what's happening in human rights in Russia or China, and yeah. how much you try and intervene. But if it is contained, that's one thing. But if it is spreading out, taking the Rhineland, you know, uh, Sudetenland Poland, Ukraine, with the Einsatz commandos, you know, wiping people out and slitting their throats, that is not contained, and you have a duty to stop it. Mm. Yes. If the bully is sort of just smouldering in the corner, you know, sort of seething and wanting to but, it, uh, uh, but if he's actually starting to go out and corrupt and continually corrupt then you're complicit if yes. you're a, a yes. able to stop it you yes. are actually complicit if yes, you don't yes. do something about it yes it's,
1: um, the, it's the lesser of two evils yeah in, in there's a sense in which it's evil yeah obviously to kill people in war yes but it is the lesser of the two evils because to do nothing I think and to so. allow evil to spread is, is a worse evil. Yeah. So yes. that's why it's tough.
2: It is, and, and, and so let's take it right back to what we're reading here. God is love, we know that, and yet he does this. Mm. Why? Because it's just. That's right. Mm. Absolutely just. Mm. And so when you get involved, when one gets involved, as you're saying, you know, f- f- fighting, defeating to contain, for example, Nazi Germany, that is just. Mm. Mm. By the way, I, I also
0: bring it up to, right up to our day, as it were, we're not, We're not in a sort of violent confrontation with those of a different ideology, but you can see ideology spreading in schools, you know, corrupting young children and, you know, at a very young, increasingly young age and it becoming more corrupt and they're pushing the boundaries. I feel as Christians that we have to say and do whatever we can Mm. to break that chain you know, generational corruption, which, you know, those that were being corrupted in the permissive 60s are now sort of in government, as it were, you know, and the philosophy of the classroom today will be the philosophy of government tomorrow, that's what Abraham Lincoln said. Um, so we, you know, should we as Christians stand back, you know, and live a, in a, a, a pious existence um, separated from it, or should we engage? And it's, it's a challenge because can, you can be corrupted in politics yourself if you're not careful but if you can come in as it were with with God's righteous you know and be a spokesman as Nahum was and I just think the biblical precedent is we we should speak up
2: yes yeah
0: uh, I don't think we should grab the levers of power personally but I think we can certainly be out there saying this is going to happen if you don't do this and pray that God
1: will raise up those who are called to Yes. To enter that fray. Exactly. Not everyone is, but yeah, everyone they're all called is. to pray for God to raise up those people.
2: Yeah. And we do have this one weapon, one weapon with a capital W, that the rest of the world doesn't have, and that's if they completely shut us down, we still have prayer, that's and right. we still have God, right. and God is not shut down by anybody. So they might shut his people down for a while and make it almost impossible for them to fight. And then amazingly, the church flourishes.
0: You know, like in China it or does. in the Soviet Union or, or in the early church, it flourishes. It, it flourishes. So it's, it's a complete, it's not always logical no. in terms of how the, gro- the growth of the church and, and the strength of the church. Mm. Um, and so that's the other thought, should, uh, you know, is the Lord allowing these things to just strengthen us and to test us so that we would stand up. By the way, I, I think we're all called to do something, but mm, I agree, yep. some are actually in the public square to yeah. get handcuffed and yeah. some are in the pulpit. Yes. You know? But the worst some thing is... Some are on is, their knees,
2: and I yeah. think that's really
0: important. Yeah. That's it, yeah. totally agree, totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And as we started, we were talking earlier about, you know, and I've forgotten what it is because we're running out of time, but um, how the church has been silent during yes. this lockdown, yes. and that uh, doesn't sit comfortably with what the scriptures call us to do. Yeah. So, you know, let's still be brave, Remember, many re- Rep TV viewers. So, you know, you're a brave bunch. So keep it up. <laughs>